Welcome to a New Testament journey. We'll have our Bible reading followed by our devotional. Matthew chapter 17. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I'll put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified, But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said, don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus instructed them, don't tell anyone what you've seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The disciples asked him, why then did the teachers of the law say that Elijah must come first? Jesus replied, to be sure, Elijah comes and will restore all things. But I tell you, Elijah has already come and they did not recognize him but they have done to him everything they wished. In the same way, the Son of Man is going to suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he was talking to them about John the Baptist. When they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't heal him. You unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of the boy and he was healed at that moment. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have the faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. When they came together in Galilee, he said to them, The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him, and on the third day he will be raised to life. And the disciples were filled with grief. After Jesus and his disciples arrived in Capernaum, the collectors of the two drachma temple tax came to Peter and asked, Doesn't your teacher pay the temple tax? Yes, he does, he replied. When Peter came into the house, Jesus was the first to speak. What do you think, Simon, he said. From whom do the kings of the earth collect duty and taxes? From their own children or from others? From others, Peter answered. Then the children are exempt, Jesus said to him. But so that we may not cause offence, go to the lake and throw out your line. Take the first fish you catch, open its mouth and you'll find a four drachma coin. Take it and give it to them for my tax and yours. More stuff on the now and the not yet of the kingdom. Jesus' kingdom is coming and remaining in the midst of a generation that is unbelieving and perverse. No instant gratification. No easy wins. No bowing of every knee and confessing of every tongue. Not yet. So, what do we do? What would Jesus have his people do who live in the choppy waters of these two contradictory currents? We've already seen perfect obedience in the midst of opposition is our new definition of faith. We nurture the mustard seed that is growing within us. We trust the yeast to do its work over time. 
We listen to Jesus and we see incredible things happen, like a demon-possessed boy being delivered. But there is another aspect to living in this age that is less often spoken about. What do we do with the other lot? You know, the unbelieving and perverse ones. How should we treat them? Here's the shock. The kingdom of Jesus does three things to unbelievers in this age. Verse 17, it puts up with them. Verse 27, it tries not to offend them. And verse 18, it does miracles for them to rescue them into the glorious kingdom of life. The task of Jesus' people is to grasp hold of the transformative power of our kingdom and then use it to exercise people from the other kingdom. That is the focus of our interactions with people who do not believe. We take our lot and use it to rescue the other lot. And that is the context in which the fascinating parable about mustard seeds and faith must be understood. Mustard seed faith believes Jesus has the desire to rescue perverse people out of unbelief. Mustard seed faith believes Jesus has the power to rescue unbelieving people out of unbelief. Mustard seed faith gives Jesus the chance to rescue this unbelieving person right now. I wonder if you're using that kind of mustard seed faith. I wonder whether you even see the two kingdoms at play. The Bible itself tells us this perspective takes time to develop. But it also tells us that Jesus is determined to get us there. He will accept nothing less. She who has ears, let her hear. Here's a question for reflection. Jesus did miracles for people who he described as perverse and unbelieving. What do you make of that? We pray God's word bears fruit in your life. For all the information about the New Testament journey, head to www.anewtestamentjourney.net.